Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day in America, approximately 22 veterans, first responders, or crime victims commit suicide. That number is a staggering amount and constantly increasing. Get involved in offering solutions to the men and women who so bravely take an oath to protect and serve the lives of Americans. Now, a word from our sponsors and then our host. The opinions and views expressed on this show do not reflect those of our guests. Disability Claims Hotline, your veteran's disability eligibility rights. In order to qualify for VA disability compensation, you must have a, be a veteran. That means you served in the U.S. military, whether on active duty, active duty for training, or inactive duty for training, National Guard, Reserve. You also need to have an eligible discharge or a discharge that is not dishonorable. Next, you will need to prove that you have a current disability related to your service. To do this, you'll generally need to prove the following. You have a current diagnosed disability, an in-service event, injury, disease, or a stressor, a medical connection between the current disability and service. If you are an eligible veteran and you can prove all these things, the VA will recognize your entitlement to monetary benefits and will award service connection for a disability. Common ways the VA screws up disabilities and benefits and raises and decisions. A lot of veterans' disability claims are denied at first or assigned a lower rating than the veteran deserves. The VA could fail to provide you with a medical examination, unfairly deny service connections, assign the wrong rating, assign the wrong effective date, ignore additional benefits to which you might be entitled. But do not get discouraged and do stay persistent. You may still have a valid claim. Fighting the VA for your benefits. The VA often unfairly denies service connections for disability related to someone's service. Even after finally establishing benefits, the VA can assign a rating of effective date, and that is less than your new deserve. Veteran disability attorneys have experiences to cut through the VA's red tape and win your case. They know the ins and outs of the VA system, and you can get you more benefits faster and with more back pay. So describe your case in details today to an attorney for your free evaluations by calling Veteran Disability Denial Hotline. Again, call the Veterans Disability Denial Hotline at 866-495-7405. Again, 866-495-7405. You have rights. Use them. Welcome to Crisis in America. I am Rick Brown, Special Advisor, sitting in for Sean Flynn, and I am here today with my co-host, Colonel Mike Brown, United States Army Retired. I want to thank our listeners for your untiring support of our show. We are making a difference, and your ideas and feedback continue to make this show a big difference on helping to reduce suicides amongst our veterans 
and first responders. It will take all of our listeners and friends and families of the listeners. So please spread the word. I'm an old history teacher, and I'm going to give you some homework. Go to our website at www.spiritualwarriorfoundation.us. That is www.spiritualwarriorfoundation.us. Scroll down to where you see a series of clickable buttons. You can click on your congressperson or your senator. Both buttons will take you to the government website where you put in your information and will show the names and contact information for your senators and representatives. It will take all of us, America, to change the course of this suicide epidemic. It is apparent that our listeners are calling Washington, D.C., because our elected officials are contacting us. Your show, America. I want to give a shout-out to KGRA Radio and Bill Forte for giving this show a platform as a battle cry for the victims and the families that have had to endure the sufferings and death of our loved ones. Bill, thank you. With your commitment to our show and team, we're going to rock this suicide epidemic like no other cause campaign has ever done. You have given us the freedom to not hold back, hold those in Congress accountable. Accountable. Wow. To hold the VA bureaucrats accountable. Recently, President Trump fired Defense Secretary Mark Esper. This firing is one of the best things President could have done for our troops and this nation. Mark Esper was one of the most disloyal secretaries to a sitting president and to our military forces in modern times. He did nothing to curb the suicides in the active forces. Under his tenure, the suicides rates went up each year, and each year they were record-breaking. It was time for him to go. We were asking for his resignation and firing months ago. In America, it happened on November 10th, 2020. We might be in a new political climate as soon as all the ballots are counted and certified. There is a pretty good chance we might have a new president the next four years. This show is not political, but it is aware of politics. We are a federal republic. We elect our representatives. These elected officials have an impact on how our country, state, and local communities operate. So think about that this year as we swear in a president and Congress at the federal levels, new governors, legislatures, mayors, city councils, and township trustees at the local and state levels. Think about who has been taking care of the military personnel, the veterans, the families, the caregivers, the elderly veterans in the VA nursing homes. Think about what we have been talking about the past nine months at all levels of government and formulate a series of questions to ask your new elected officials. I would ask, or at least statements she can formulate into questions. I am upset that our military and veterans' mental health issues have been trending over the past 12 years and not getting better. The VA has refused to treat 600 
thousand qualified veterans. Before I got involved with the show and my old buddy Mike, I thought all veterans got free medical care when they got out of the military. Boy, was that a shocker. We know this is not true. Number three, the mortality rate of our veterans that are sick from PTSD is 8% sick veterans. PTSD is 8%, 8 out of 100. Four times higher than COVID-19. Wow. So you hear about is COVID, COVID, COVID. Now PTSD is four times higher than COVID. Those are three questions I would ask. Let's make a change together. Let's learn from our failures of the past. Let's learn that what we have been doing is not working. We're going to be watching the new administration very, very carefully. We have legislation coming to fix the problem. We are going to have to be watching the new administration very closely. We have legislation coming to fix the problem. But the first thing I ask the incoming administration is to fire the secretary of the VA, Robert Wilkie. He has been a total and complete failure. Over to you, Mike. Thank you for those opening comments. And yes, change is what we all should be looking for. You know, America, what Rick had stated and so many points covered accountability and responsibility loyalty to this nation heartbreaking statistics where we've been where we're going political change unworthy agencies that are neglecting our veterans rick that was excellent insight to a show that is getting ready to deep insight into some of the healing that's also needed. That's why I'm thrilled to be here today. You know, America, I served this great country for 31 years of my adult life. That's more than half of my age right now. This has to be the most rewarding job I've had since leaving the military. Why? Because I'm promoting change with other Americans like Rick, Deborah, Sean, Jan, and Presley, who's our guest on the show today. We'll introduce him soon. We're promoting change to benefit our veterans and first responders. Beyond that, and their families too, and make this country a better place for them. Today, we have a special guest with us. I just mentioned his first name, but his name is Presley Stutz. I will introduce him and bring him on the show momentarily. What we are going to talk about today is spiritual healing. So what is spiritual healing? Well, let's put some context around the problem. I always talk about this. You can't just jump into a subject without wrapping it around some context. Specifically, spiritual healing for warriors. Warriors who go by a different creed than their civilian counterparts. And we've talked about this. Why? Because the warrior's creed is to protect and defend to the what? To the death. This country. That's right. They sign up to lose their life for the freedoms and the liberty and the pursuit of happiness for this country. 
Now, no matter what branch of service or service members are from, they are taught what? That service before self and the mission comes first. Strength, valor, courage, and fortitude, honor, esprit de corps, and respect and integrity are all traits of the warrior. We have to know that. I want you to know that. So you can get a perspective of what a warrior is. And I want you to know, and you probably already know this, but just let me reemphasize this. The military is no picnic. In a time of war, it is of hard fare. The orders our sons and daughters of this nation are given from their superior officers, from your foxhole to theirs, seems unjust, right? They're ordering your sons and daughters to go out and kill so that your freedoms can be protected. They have to follow them because the end state exists. Kill or be killed is all the stakes of the game. It's not a fairy tale out there. There are going to be deaths. We know this going out in the field on both sides of the fence. There's going to be carnage like no other. I'm talking about the carnages. I'm just shaken by just the thought of it. There's going to be those that will have to live with those images. Talking limbs. I'm talking fires. I'm talking battle-risen images. Let me read you something to amplify what I'm saying about just the creed and the determination of a warrior. And this is from a warrior that knows when he comes off the battlefield, he has a certain image and a certain perspective to keep in mind all the time, a high standard. Whether he's fit, physically fit, mentally fit, spiritually fit, or he ha has to keep the image to be such. After coming off a war hero, or someone off the battlefield that has to do so much damage. This is what he has to say. This is a true story, by the way, from an army ranger, one of America's elitist. To me, I quote, being a U.S. Army ranger means being someone who has to live by the ranger creed. Already you know this is going to be deep. This is a creed. This is a brotherhood. Upholding the honor of the regiment demands action as a veteran. It means always taking the harder right over the easier wrong. Tough guy. It means being a leader in my community. It means serving in other ways. It means always leading by example. A leader. Accepting the fact that my country expected me to move further, faster, and fight harder. It means accepting the fact that I have physical and perhaps emotional injuries as a result. He's already admitting he's been injured. I won't bitch about them. I will find the resources to heal. And lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Overcome them. Never failing my comrades means even preventing my ranger buddies from isolating. Encouraging and challenging them to find purpose. Continue to grow. I will continue to behave gallantly and courteously to those I defend. I won't look down on someone who didn't serve because I chose to serve. I will never surrender. I will never give up. If I lose purpose, my purpose becomes finding a new purpose. No matter what, I will always display the intestinal fortitude expected of a ranger. That's what it is. That's what these guys come off on the battlefield even though they're physically, mentally, spiritually injured. Some of these guys come off. They're going to fight and swing to the end. And then there's the opposite. You know, there's more to mental health and medicine and mental therapy. And that is why today's subject matter expert is so important. See, spiritual wellness allows us to be in tune with our spiritual selves. It's a deep level of insight. You can't pump weights in the weight room and get this. Can't go get a cast on your Achilles after it's been sliced. No, that's not what spiritual wellness is all about. The realm of wellness lets us find a meaning in life and define our individual purpose. Spiritual wellness can be defined through various factors, including religious faith. It doesn't have to be religious. It also can mean values and ethics, just like the ranger was talking about. Regardless of whether you believe in a particular religious faith, there's always something to be learned about yourself in this world. So why is it important? Spiritual wellness not only allows you to seek meaning, purpose, and human existence, also allows you to appreciate your life experiences for what they are. The Ranger Creed, we just heard about that. When you find meaning in your life experience, you'll be able to develop a harmony within your inner self and the outside world. Let me break it down to you. Just simple terms, man. Spiritual wellness grants you balance. Okay, enough of the introductions, enough of the background. I want to bring on our special guest now, who is a subject matter expert in this matter. That's Presley Stutz. He is the oldest of eight children from a lower middle income family. He grew up in a small western town in Michigan, but was raised with southern values as his grandfather moved from North Carolina to Michigan to find work in the auto industry after World War II. It was the best of two worlds where honor, integrity, hard work, and faith and trust in God 
help mold his character. Presley has enjoyed a varied and successful career as an entrepreneur, where his leadership skills, team building, and business acumen have served him and others well. Throughout his career, he has served in a number of roles from working with nonprofits to startups to owning a couple of his own businesses. He has also served as a member of the corporate executive teams with a couple of marketing organizations. He served his nation honorably with pride between 1980 and 2011 for 30 plus years as a chaplain in the United States Navy Reserve, where he was attached to the Marine Corps. Happy birthday, Marine Corps. For 22 of those 30 years, he was called to active duty a couple of times during the war and was there to help many Marines pick up the pieces of shattered lives and dreams. In recent years, Presley has spent a good part of his time volunteering and serving in leadership positions for various nonprofits and conservative political advocacy groups. You know, he realizes that our nation is in a critical crossroad of either sinking in the abyss of a socialist, Marxist, communist nightmare or keeping the constitutional republic which our founding fathers pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. To that end, Presley has dedicated the rest of his life to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States of America against all enemies, both foreign and domestic. And to that end, he will continue to faithfully execute and discharge his duties to preserve the American way of life as our forefathers intended, so that his children and grandchildren will continue to be free to express their God-given rights, responsibilities, and liberty. Presley, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about your background. We love you here, sir. Well, Mike, uh, thanks for having me, and I uh, appreciate uh, all the, uh, the kind words you said about me. You know, as you said from my bio, I was raised in a small Midwestern town uh, in Durand, Michigan. And, um, you know, as a kid uh, in the 60s, uh, we grew up uh, at the dinner table, and I'm the oldest of eight kids. My father sat at the uh, the head of the table, and we all were around the table. But uh, during the 6 o'clock hour while we were eating dinner, we had to be quiet where my father could listen to and watch the news uh, in, in the living room, uh, which was across the way from our dining room. And um, I remember watching the body count every night from the Vietnam War. It was a big thing uh, for the news people to do that. And I can remember as a young lad wanting to serve my country because uh, what I saw happening was a travesty. And, um, you know, later in life, I, I, I didn't finish high school until 1975. And by that time, the Vietnam War had ended. But I kept it in the back of my mind that somehow I wanted to serve my country. I found myself in college. I then found myself in seminary. And when I was in seminary, I, I was in the student center one day, and this Navy chaplain walked by. And Mike, he was the best dressed guy I'd ever seen in my life. He was in his dress blues, those gold buttons, uh, the fruit salad on his chest, the scrambled eggs on his cover, those spit shine shoes. And I said, man, I want to wear that uniform. That's what I said to myself. And I said, uh, sir, excuse me, do you have a moment? And he said, why, sure. And uh, two hours later, he had me convinced 
to join the United States Navy as a chaplain. I had another year of seminary to finish, but that summer I found myself in Newport, Rhode Island in a chaplain school with the Officers Canada School Program, and uh, the rest was history. Uh, throughout my career, I, some of my early assignments uh, put me with the Marine Corps, and um, I, I just fell in love uh, with the USMC. And by the way, to all the devil dogs and jarheads out there, happy birthday. Uh, and it, it's quite fitting that we're having this conversation today on November, November the 10th, 2020, um, uh, because it, it is the anniversary of the United States Marine Corps, which was formed in 1775. So we got, um, how many years is that? 245 years now. Um, no, 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 200 and... Well, I can't do my math right now, but well over 200 years, Mike, um, that, you know, the United States Marine Corps and the United States Navy has been serving our country. So, no, you're right. It was, I think it is 245 years to, as of today. Yeah. I think it is your celebration, right? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 and 20. Yeah, it is 245. I did do my math right. You did. You, we call that, we call it when I was growing up because we're officers, right? And we they right. call it they, we used to call it pentagon math <laughs> oh yeah that's, that's what the sergeant majors used to tell us you guys just do pentagon math you just whip numbers out there the congress says you just whipping numbers out there left and right yeah uh, but, but uh, um but ray for your first question if you don't mind sure go right ahead and uh first of all it's a pleasure to have you on here uh it's a pleasure to have someone on here with the amount of service you have done you know i know what you've done in America, uh, there is no one better to represent this show and the topic of this show was spirituality than yourself, sir. So here's the first question. It's tough because I think when we talk spirituality, it turns some people off. It shouldn't because it's not religion. It's about inner peace. But I want to ask you the question. Spirituality and psychiatry, on the face of it, they don't seem to be have much in common. I mean, that's just from my perspective. That's why I formed the question like it was. But we are coming increasingly aware of ways in which some aspects of spirituality can really offer benefits for mental health, especially with our military and our first responders. Now, Presley, we have been working in this field for many years. You have, have been working in this field for many years. And I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts on spirituality and the healing process for those that are struggling with post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, I call it disease. Disorder is the official name, but I, I think it's a disease because it's always going to stay with you. It's chronic. I don't think you ever go away. That's just that's not DSM Manual 5 definition, but it's my definition. So wherever that's worth for a colonel, <laughs> probably nothing moral injury, inner conflict, and even traumatic brain injury. And I know we're talking about veterans today, but I don't separate veterans from first responders because one's a peacekeeper internally, one's a peacekeeper externally. What do you think about all this? Spirituality as a mode of modality for healthcare and the treatment for those that are suffering from PTSD, moral injury, inner conflict. Yeah, Mike, so, you know, we have physical, mental, and spiritual health, um, and it's a three-legged stool. 
I've never seen a two-legged stool that can stand on its own. It's got always has to be propped up against a tree or something. But a three-legged stool can stand, and with that triangulation, it can stand very firmly. And um, psychiatry, mental health, uh, and th there's a lot to be said uh, for, for getting your mental game right, so to speak, in your mind. Um, because a lot of us um, have wrong uh, thoughts, wrong belief systems, wrong information, um, and uh, that can play against us. Uh, and, you know, psychiatry, uh, it, it's, all, it's, a head, it's about the, a head job. It, it, it's about working on your head, your mind. But spirituality, it, it pierces to the very uh, center of a person's soul. It's a heart job. And it, it has to deal with your inner core, your inner being, your character, who you are, um, and recognizing. And, and you know, uh, with us military guys, uh, Mike, and all, a lot of the first responders too, um, you know, we're pretty macho guys, alpha males, alpha females. And, um, you know, we're, we're willing to be at the tip of the spear, et cetera. Um, but with spirituality comes a recognition that there is someone, and in my case, in my faith tradition, uh, I'm a Christian, uh, that that person is Jesus Christ. And there is someone who is greater than me someone who I speak to and pray to on a daily basis. Because if, you know, I, I can get my head game right. Uh, I, I, I need to do more to get my physical game right, uh, right now. Um, but if my spiritual game is not on, the rest of me falls apart. And so I would say that um, there is a compatibility. The three are all intertwined. The healthier you are physically, uh, you get more of a dopamine flow in your body that makes you feel good. That allows you to think a little more clearly. Uh, it allows you to focus on some real uh, deep questions about the true meaning of life, who you are, where you're going, what you want to do with your life. Um, so for me, spirituality is not only an important aspect of life, but it is an imperative aspect of a healthy life. And without it, I, I think we're all unfulfilled in many, many ways. Yeah, I, I don't think you're too far off there. We're actually pretty dead on. I, I have to only give my experience that um, prior to all the wars, let's go back a little bit in the age group, you know, I'm 53 and I came in 1984, you know, pretty much in peaceful times. You know, Cold War era was kind of peaceful. Uh, we had some conflicts. We have conflicts every decade. I mean, there's always some kind of conflict. There were sometimes during those minor conflicts we're immune to it all. I, I, I was raised in a mom and dad, both school teachers. I went to Sunday school. I was raised in a religious environment. I understand the good and the bad, the golden rule, the Ten Commandments. Um, then I was, I served starting in 1984. Uh, 1990 comes around, you know, the first Gulf War. I, I missed it. I was in airborne school. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overplayed by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My unit already deployed, so I didn't go to the first Gulf War, but I went to um, Bosnia. And um, that changed everything for me. That was my reason of insanity insanity meaning why would god let this happen that was genocide for me that was crimes against humanity that's when i really saw the world at a very young age in my you know mid 20s 20 you know going on maybe the 25 to 20 38 years age whatever i had three kids at the time right My wife had just left me. I was a single parent raising three kids. So I lost my family structure. I'm a single parent. I got three kids. And now I'm seeing a genocide going on right in front of my face. Dead bodies along the roadside. Small children's toys. Feet coming out of the ground. Elbows. Clothing. Prostitution. Crime. What the hell is going on? This small town kid from Midwest Ohio who's never seen anything like this, who's just had his family structure ripped from him, now I'm seeing my whole social life in a turmoil. And I'm looking up in the air at God and like going, what are you doing? So I divorced God. Yep. I did. No, I hear you. And, and, And now, fast forward, I let him go for years. And when I did that, I got sicker and sicker. Iraq came once, came twice. Afghanistan, Kuwait, Qatar. And my whole life changed because I left God out of it. I left spirituality out of it. Until 2015, when my first suicide attempt happened. Could have been prevented if I were allowed spirituality into my life. Rhetorical question. The answer today is yes. So why are we so afraid of spirituality? Now I'm going to tell you, lead you into the next question. In the past decade or so, researchers across a range of disciplines have started to explore and acknowledge the positive contributions that spirituality can make to mental health. I'm a believer now. This is especially so within the military after nearly 20 years of war 
our sons and daughters of this nation have been through some horrific events in their lives. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a suicide survivor. I could have died four times I've tried to commit suicide in my life. Spirituality is a word used in abundance and contact that means different things for different people. I always thought it was religious. I always looked at the religious side of it, not the individual side of it. Some of the more common themes used are a sense of purpose, a sense of connectedness to self, others, and nature, a search for hope or belief in a higher power, or the sense that there is more to life than material possessions. I was a material possession kind of guy. And those activities that give meaning and value to people's lives, I wasn't one of those. What has your research showed over the years when applying spirituality to the treatment setting? What is spirituality in the treatment setting is where I'm getting down to. What does it mean? How does it apply? And how does it really look like? Yeah, Mike, uh, um, uh, spirit, spirituality uh, differs greatly from religion. And, you know, re religions get caught up in man-made rules and regulations, and uh, we ruin a lot of things. But spirituality uh, is all about a relationship, relationship with God. I mean, in the beginning, as God created man, God saw that it was not good for man to be alone. And so he created woman. And because he knew that Adam needed uh, someone he could relate to, a helpmate. And since the beginning of time, it, it's in our DNA. We are we are creatures of um, of relationships. Um, I remember counseling a young man one time uh, on death row, and he said, "This is gonna my case is gonna drag out for ten or twenty years, and they keep me here on death row and they keep me isolated from everybody. This is a greater punishment. I wish they would just go ahead and execute me." He said, because I have no purpose for living without having a relationship with others. He later came to find Christ in his life. Um, and uh, eventually uh, his, his sentence was overturned and he's spending life in prison. He did a very bad thing. Um, but it's all about relationship. And so in our lives, we, we, we marry, we have families, we have friends, we have buddies, we go uh, get a drink with we you know we got girlfriends we go out and have dinner with we have um, uh, you know golfing buddies uh, we, we do a number of things and and th that is all interrelated and connected to spirituality and it's about a relationship in my case with Jesus Christ the son of God who came and he died on the cross for my sins for my salvation and so it's important for me to make sure that I am putting what I know how to put into my relationship with God. Um, because, you know, the more you put into something, the more uh, you respect what you're doing and the more uh, vested you are. And uh, it's easy for us sometimes to think of God as, you know, the man upstairs, some of this, this aloof person. But the thing about spirituality about Christian faith is it's all about relationship. It's about relationship with one another, but mostly about relationship with Jesus Christ, with God in my life. And so having him in my life gives me 
the wisdom, the strength, the courage to do that which I need to do. And it also gives me understanding and it gives me insight into other people and their lives and as to what they're struggling with. Um, so again, as I refer to that three-legged stool, spirituality is that third and very important leg in a balanced life, as you, as you talked about, Mike. And that is so important. Um, and one of the things that I have found that works very, very well, particularly when we're getting into the care of veterans, because here's what happens. These veterans, I mean, they go to war. And I mean, and Mike, you understand this. I understand this. When you're at war and you're there in the foxhole with your buddy, you, there is a bond that is created like no other bond. I mean, this guy is Amen. He's got your six and you've got his. And as a result of that, but eventually they send you home and he goes back to wherever he lives and you go back yep. to your home. And all of a sudden that camaraderie, that fellowship that you had there is gone. And, you know, a lot of these veterans, they, they go, they're sent back to the civilian world and they come home and, and, and to the wives and to the children's or to the husbands and the children's or to the parents. Understand that when your son or daughter comes home from war, they are not the same person that left out. They never will be the same because of the various things that they've experienced and things that have happened to them. And as a result of that, they need to find someone that they can relate to and someone who would understand them. I, uh, even though I'm retired, I still counsel a number of veterans here in the upstate of South Carolina where I live. And they all come to me. And the reason they come to me is they say, chaps, you understand me. I go talk to the little social worker at the VA. She's never seen what I've seen. She doesn't know what I know. She's never experienced it. She cannot help me. But somebody who has been there. And so I think a very important uh, part of our spirituality. You know, we are our brother's keeper. And yes, there are a lot of uh, mental health professionals that are good and they offer a lot of good help. But I'm going to tell you what really helps me is having that fellowship, that relationship with fellow veterans. Oh, we kid each other. You know, the Navy talks bad about the Army and, you know, the Marines talk bad about everybody. You know how it goes. But, but that's the good, fun banter that we have, you know, as being, you know, brothers and sisters in arms. So I think a very important aspect of spirituality is the coming together. You know, in the scripture, it says, For, forsake not the, the coming together of one another. We have to come together because we were built and designed in our DNA by God to have fellowship, to have fellowship with him, to have fellowship with one another. So if, you, if you're a veteran, and I, and I really think this is one of the, the, the leading causes of suicide that we're seeing in this nation. It's because these veterans, they go home and they get disconnected. They no longer are connected to their buddies. And when they get disconnected, they get out of balance. And when they get out of balance, different things happen to them. And that's why we're looking at 22 plus suicides a day now, um, you know, throughout the military with all our veterans, because I, I think the, the real impact, and, and if, if you all want to have an impact, on helping your brother, your fellow vets, 
be there. A weekly get together. It, it can be a formal meeting. It can be a meeting just to shoot the shit. Excuse my French. I mean, I, I serve with the Marine Corps. I'm entitled to say that word, okay? I'm worse. The Army's worse. I've, oh, yeah. I've, I've been castrized for F words, so go oh, ahead. Yeah. Well, I hear you there. But, um, but it's so important to get together and to talk and, 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 and to hear one another out. And, you know, it's going to take a while to build a little bit of, uh, of trust um, because these are fellow veterans you know, who had similar experiences that you did, but they weren't in the foxhole with you. But when you start to hear their story, and there's a part of your story I heard today, Mike, that I hadn't heard. And it, it my, my respect for you just went up, you know, uh, 10 notches in my book because you're a survivor and you didn't give up, even though you wanted to give up. And so what I would encourage every veteran out there, you can take the pills, you can get the psychiatric help, and I'm not saying do not do that. I mean, there, there's some help, there's some good use there. But I'm going to tell you, if you really want to get well, be willing to take the most dangerous mission you'll ever go on in your life. And that's an inward mission into your own heart, into your own soul, and to look at you as to who you are and how you tick and what your relationship with God is. There's no right answer. There's no wrong answer. Don't beat yourself up. Religion would beat you up because of the thoughts you've had or the actions you've done. But don't let that beat you up. Accept yourself as loved and forgiven by Jesus Christ. Accept God's power and strength in your life. Accept his forgiveness in your heart. And then start the journey. There are minds all along the way. There are pitfalls along the way but we have brothers and sisters who have been through this with us. So I'm a big proponent of small groups, uh, Mike, as far as spirituality goes. Sure. Me too. Yeah. I do have another question. Um, it's going to be formed in, in, in a scenario plus the question, but um, uh, Presley, that was, that was great. I mean, that was fantastic. You know, when I was, uh, in a rehab facility shortly after my first suicide attempt, I was sent out to a place in Texas. And of course I'm a senior officer and I'm trying to keep my low profile. I don't want to know anybody know who the hell I am, but nevertheless, I'm out with everybody and I love soldiers. I mean, I was enlisted before I was an officer and, and, and the only reason I say that, I just try to blend in because my disease has no rank. It right. has no association with anything. It's a disease. It comes with the territory of being on the battlefield. And I met this one young kid. He probably wasn't more than 27 years old. And I'm just going to call him private first class John to keep his name in confidentiality. And he was having a real hard time in this lockdown. This is a hard lockdown facility, man. Four-door lockdown. If you don't understand, folks out there, in a four-door lockdown facility, that's the toughest one you'll ever go through in a, in a, in a lockdown facility, rehabilitation for PTSD, substance abuse. Um, and that's the kind of facility I needed to be in, by the way. And I was very, very broken, man. 
uh, wasn't sent there. I was volunteer. I volunteered to go there because I knew that's how busted up I was, man. But get back to private first class, John. <laughs> he comes out and shows me this journal. We had a journal every day, and he writes in this book. We have pictures in the book, and he shows me these pictures of his kids. But the next thing I know, I don't see, you know, private first class John in the next couple of days. But I hear this awful noise in this one room. It was a lockdown within a lockdown within the lockdown. And he's in a padded room. And they say the night before he unscrewed a bolt and slit his wrist, both wrists. And he was heavy sedated. And I didn't see him for another 10 days when he finally got him out of that room. And he was back in with the population. And I asked him to see his journal and I try to take him underneath me as a commander would, his soldiers. And he showed me his kids and how family-oriented he was. But he killed so much in Iraq that he couldn't forgive himself. That he couldn't look his own kids in the eyes because he accidentally had killed some civilians and some children. So... These are some of the horrific events we have asked our young men and women, our sons and daughters of this nation to do, Presley. And you know this as well as I do. I just want to inform America. When I ask this next question, it kind of falls into that category. And I want America to know that the guy asking the question was in a facility with one of our sons and daughters who actually had this incident unfold in front of me, which is horrific. Private first class John, who's out of the state of Montana, by the way. So there's one thing we have noticed about our veterans and our military members still serving. And and I still throw our first responders in there because there's no difference for me. Who are suffering from PTSD or more injury, and that is forgiveness. Whether it is because they have taken another life or they have survived a mission, or an incident, or maybe their battle buddies didn't survive, so they have this guilt, or maybe they have failed, they have failed at a mission, and a death resulted, or an injury, or a friend, or a bystander, or what we call this, what I just mentioned, a non-combatant where a woman and a child has died in the forsake of a mission. What does forgiveness look like? I deal with this. How is one forgiven through spiritual healing? Yeah, um, that that's a that's a real good question, Mike. Um, and you know, over my thirty years, I've counseled hundreds, if not thousands, of Marines, um, dozens and dozens of them. I've counseled who are involved in similar situations in in war, where they they knew they killed people. Um, and sometimes these were not enemy combatants, but they were just innocent bystanders who happened to get killed because of their actions. And uh, you talk about this moral injury that happens to all of us. Um, and what we have to understand is that I think forgiveness has to come. We have to forgive ourselves. But before we can forgive ourselves, we have to ask God to forgive us. I think we get it backwards. You know, everybody said, well, you just need to forgive yourself. You know, it was the fog of war. It was an intense battle. 
it, it wasn't intended to happen. There was collateral damage. And, and we hear all that. We just say, well, just, you just have to forgive yourself. You just have to chalk it up to, you know, the, the heat of battle. And I get that. But at the same time, uh, people are walking around with all types of spiritual and emotional wounds. Um, I, re I remember when I was a uh, command chaplain at the Wounded Warrior Battalion at Camp Lejeune. I had this one young Marine walk in. And uh, at our battalion, I mean, I was used to dealing with, uh, you know, guys who were missing arms or legs or their bodies were burned or they were missing an eye. It was an obvious physical injury. This young kid walks in. He's about 6'3", 6'4", redheaded, freckle-faced. Sir, I'm here reporting in the Wounded Warrior Battalion. And I look him over and I said, are those your real legs under your trousers? Yes, sir. I saw no bodily injury. I said, well, where were you injured? Sir, I have PTSD. Um, and it hit me at that point. Those injuries are just as devastating as physical injuries um, because our moral fiber is violated. Our moral compass is violated. And it's important at that point, the only, the only place, you know, and a lot of, lot of soldiers and veterans, uh, you know, they, they all seek comfort in a bottle or comfort in a pill or comfort in another person. Um, and that comfort can only last so long. And eventually that comfort uh, can kind of turn on them uh, in the case of uh, alcoholism or drug addiction. Um, but it, it's being willing, again, to take that deep dive on that very important risky mission of getting in touch with your own soul as to who you are. And just looking to God and saying, God, I did this. I went through this. Please forgive me. And accept that forgiveness because that forgiveness is offered to all of us freely and abundantly. And then once God forgives us, once we've asked him to forgive us, we do have to forgive ourselves. And then more importantly, and, and just as importantly, I should say, we need to forgive others because a lot of unforgiveness in our hearts and bitterness and anger uh, can really thwart our efforts and growth. I've got a good friend, Captain Eugene McDaniel, Red McDaniel is his nickname. He was an A-6 pilot, shot down in, in Vietnam, spent six years as a POW in the Hanoi Hilton. He was brutally beaten on multiple occasions many times to the point of death, there was one guard there that just did not like him. And when he came home, when he was finally released, he knew that if his life was going to get back to any sense of normality at all with his wife and his children, he was going to have to forgive, I think he called him Moonface. I forget the nickname he had for him. He was going to have to forgive him. And um, he did. And he said, it was at that point that I also found the forgiveness of God in my life. Um, so forgiveness is a very important word. We're all very strong, stubborn people. And we're proud people. And sometimes we're too proud to ask for no. forgiveness. 
Amen. We're too proud to forgive ourselves and we're too proud to forgive somebody else. But I think forgiveness, seeking it, giving it to yourself and then offering it to others is the first step in a, in a healthy recovery, a spiritual journey in your life. Presley, it has been a pleasure to have you on our show. You're a great American. You're a great patriot, a great warrior, a great minister to God and to this nation and forever. We are grateful to have you on the show today. And the words of wisdom you have shared are from the spiritual world. And for that, there is no other words to say, but thank you for being on our show today. Well, Mike, to you and to your crew and your team, thank you for having me on and for all of the veterans out there. Tomorrow is Veterans Day. And uh, so to the Marines who are celebrating their birthday today and the veterans out there celebrating tomorrow, um, it's never too late to find God. It's never too late to seek forgiveness. And I can tell you when you do, and for someone who has been thrown into the depths of despair, and Mike, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes, you've sir. Been there. You've been there. There is no greater fulfillment. There is no more freeing feeling in your life than to know that personal relationship with Jesus Christ and, to know, and to know the fulfillment that he can bring in your life. And I applaud you and the spiritual warriors for the job that they're doing out there and, uh, you know, I, I just pray God's blessing, God's wisdom, and his anointing to be upon all of you uh, with your work. So thank, thank you, you for, so much. Thank you very much, Presley. You know, throughout the centuries, America has been a symbol to this world, a symbol of a higher idea. You know, millions of people around the globe still look to America for the hope and the promise of something better. And just as this nation has depended on its veterans in the past to fulfill that hope and secure that sacred promise, we shall surely depend on them as we move into the challenge for a bright future. This universal cry for freedom we are seeing in the world today is no small part due to the example of our warriors set on those distant battlefields after 911. This courageous veteran shows that the whole world, that Americans were prepared to lead the safety of our continent to defend the ideas of peace, freedom, and democracy for those threatened by aggression because we are God's nation. You know, spiritual fellowship, such as attending church or a mediation group, can be sources of social support which may provide a sense of belonging, security, and community. Strong relationships have been proven to increase well-being and bolster life expectancy. The spiritual practices of recognition and interconnection of all life can also help buffer the pain that comes with difficult circumstances. All right, warriors, peacekeepers, until next week, if no one has told you that they love you today, well, I love you. You stay strong, you stay vigilant, and you stay connected. Because God bless the military. God bless our veterans. God bless our first responders. And God bless the United States of America in old glory. And I quote, 
Peaceful living is about trusting those on whom we depend and caring for those who depend on us. Dalai Lama, in the 1977 speech at the Forum of 2000 Converts in Prague. The mission of TAPS. TAPS provides comfort, care, and resources to all those grieving the death of a military loved one. Since 1994, TAPS has provided comfort and hope 24-7 through a national peer support network and connection to grief resources, all at no cost to surviving families and loved ones. TAPS provides a variety of programs to survivors nation and worldwide. Their National Military Survivor Seminar and Good Grief Camp has been held annually in Washington, D.C. over Memorial Day weekend since 1994. TAPS also conducts regional survivor seminars for adults and youth programs at locations all over the country, as well as retreats and expeditions around the world. Staff can get you connected to counseling in your community and help you navigate benefits and resources. If you are grieving the loss of a fallen service member, or if you know someone who can use our support, the TAPS 24-7 National Military Survivor Helpline is always available toll-free with loving support and resources at 1-800-959-8277. Again, 1-800-959-8277. If you are here because our mission to care for the families of America's fallen heroes speaks to you as well, TAPS welcomes you to connect with us about giving voluntary professional engagement or careers. TAPS is a national nonprofit 501c3 veteran service organization and is not part of or endorsed by the Department of Defense. To contact them again, call 1-800-959-8277. Thank you for listening to Crisis in America PTSD. All veterans, first responders, or potential guests, we would love to hear from you. Please email your comments to Colonel Mike Brown. That's brown.mike734 at gmail.com. Once again, brown.mike734 at gmail.com. <laughs>